Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and fuck all tomfoolery. With your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's going to listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. <laughs> that's another se- you know that's another segment we have not gone back to is the uh Español with Aaron or Español with Armando. We haven't done that yeah. in a bit. <laughs> I want to know where your progress is at. Not good. Um, we we actually we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. But uh, before we get into that, I want to welcome everyone to the twenty second episode of the Degenerates Social Club. This this <laughs> week's episode is brought to you by Urbamate. Urbamate, the caffeine that does not make your heart beat out of your chest. Do you have an inter uh, interview, an important meeting, an appointment? And you don't want to seem like a jittery coke addict, Herba Mate is the caffeine for you. Uh, I, 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 oh, and now the copy says you're supposed to talk about your personal use. The copy. Well, <laughs> so, I, yeah, the copy, the ad copy. They, they send you, they, their oh, ad, yeah, advertising yeah, yeah. agents Forget send us an ad copy that we're supposed to read. So, so my personal experiences with, with coffee have, have not been great. I mean, I, I've had some important job interviews. I once even interviewed at YouTube for a position. This is true when I was 25. And I, I wanted to be sharp and alert. And I drank lots of coffee. And I got super nervous and freaked them the fuck out. And when you're 25 and you have a job interview that's way more important than you have any right to ever get, you don't want to act like a coke addict. I learned that that was bad. So... For all you 25-year-olds about to go on that big job interview, learn from my experiences and drink. You know what would be awesome is if we actually had video of of this. Because before we started recording, I just joke in with Aaron how we have to FaceTime each other to get this thing going. I'm not only a spokesperson for uh, Urban Mate. I'm also a user. And I I joked how he's got got a a can of this (sighs) shit. Every week, he's got a can of that. And he's got this other, what's that white thing? That white, it looks like a milk jug. It says, I think. It's a dildo. No, it's not. It's a dildo. It's very, no. it's very thick. I, I don't know. It, I, th- I think it says aloe. I don't know. I can't really read from that far. Stomach formula. Oh, <laughs> that's another one we should have sponsors. We both have stomach issues. So, so tr- true story. I don't, I'm not going to go through the whole story of that YouTube interview, but what actually happened, I wasn't, it was, it was actually the complete opposite. Um, I, I had that interview and I was freaking out because I was like, I'm going to get sick before this interview because I was, I was coaching a high school team and every single kid on the high school team was sick. And I'm like, you motherfuckers, you're going to get me sick before this interview. And sure enough, like, uh, I get off the plane. I feel terrible. I'm completely out of it. Like, I'm coughing. I'm sneezing all over the place. And I'm, I'm like, great. I'm going to cough through this entire interview. So what I actually did, instead of drinking coffee, was I drank a bunch of cough medicine. Oh, no. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> so I was like borderline drunk for this entire fucking interview. No, that's not. That's like the opposite of, uh, well, you have a cokehead or yeah. a drunk when you show up to interviews with Aaron, apparently. And yeah, apparently uh, YouTube was not down with that because uh, I haven't been keeping a secret that I've been working for YouTube this whole time. But that actually kind of led me into to something I've been thinking about, um, just kind of ways to, you know, in, in improve the, 
podcast kind of the show maybe add a little bit of enter- entertainment value because I'm I'm very mm-hmm. much on two of two minds. Um, my thinking is like this is just fun. Like I'm talking with a buddy. Fuck the listeners. <laughs> I don't really care. I'd rather just like talk about it, whatever the fuck we want to talk about. Not worry about structure. Not worry about like forcing. Uh, extra content in or anything like that and 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 listeners just to be clear I, when i say fuck the listeners like you guys are incredibly important to me i love you all dearly uh but just not as much as like very small things that like i enjoy and things for my life so you're like besides like trivial things for me you're very you're very important um but the the other the other flip side is i feel like we're getting a better repertoire i know i i definitely feel a lot more comfortable on mic like it, b- before especially when we started just having a big uh microphone like right in my face was just very off-putting i'm like all right whatever is what it is now but then i was thinking about okay well what what are some ways that we could improve the show maybe even just have like some little little segments that that we could go to here or there that would be you know, sure, like three to five minutes maybe, but it would just be entertaining just sort of unto themselves. And then I was thinking a lot about how to do that. Yeah, do you have any thoughts? Does any of that ring, uh, ring true no, to you? You know what? Yeah, I, I do. I, 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 me personally, I like to keep it casual. But hey, throw in a segment or two in there that works as long as it's a recurring one and people actually think it's entertaining. Um I'm all for it. Yeah. The The problem is that requires feedback. And, and to date, we've gotten uh, some here and there mixed feedback. It's not like we're not getting it as frequently as, as I would like, but we're getting it. I just wish. Mm-hmm. And that's part because we don't have a very huge. We don't have thousands and thousands and thousands of listeners. Um, I think that it's a numbers game. Uh, I, I I'm, I'm guessing at best we have like well, a handful well, of listeners and 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 they're not gonna give feedback every time you know. I think the other part of it too is that the the people that do listen to the show just sort of enjoy it. They're like, oh, yeah. it's like our buddies like talking, so it's fun for them. And then the the people who know about the show and don't listen to it are also our friends who who might be more critical of like, wow, we don't want to hear that shit. But they're our friends, so. Uh, they're trying not to be uh, complete assholes and just like shit on our podcast. So it, you you almost kind of need to to draw in uh, you know non biased listeners who don't know yeah. us, and therein lies the, the sort of the crux, the catch twenty two. It's like I feel like to do that, you you actually need some some. Actually, I don't want to say compelling content. I, I I've had some. I think we've had some some compelling content for sure. But some more accessible content, some stuff up, up, you know, off the bat that will appear to you know appeal to people who do not know us and um, didn't go to school with us, don't have a shared backstory, that that kind of thing. And the, the tricky part, a lot of the podcasts that I like that seem to stay kind of fresh the most uh, are ones that have mm-hmm. have guests and. The the thing that that changes is the guest. The guest brings a new dynamic, um, and a podcast I started listening to recently that I really enjoy, uh, and I, I I definitely I recommend checking it out. I mean, 
people may like it, they may not like it. But uh, Anna Ferris, you know who that yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. From she, Scary she Movie fame. Uh, married to Chris Pratt before they amicably split. She's she's uh she's kind of good looking for a milf, I guess. Yeah, well, and she's like super weird though. Yes. Um, which which is great on the podcast, but I, I enjoy that podcast because it's almost. I don't know how to describe it. It's not exactly a variety show, but like they have little segments that they'll just sort of like throw in, um, and it, it just sort of keeps good momentum. Um, so, like one thing they'll, they'll, they'll do, and and again, this only works because they have guests. Like we we couldn't do a re- recurring segment like this between us because we would just have the same answers. But they'll they'll do like, uh, is this a deal breaker? And they'll come up with like little scenario, like relationship scenarios. Where, you know, the, the, the guests, like, you know, uh, uh, imaginary significant other or, or person that they're, they're dating or about to start dating has done something and they're like, is this a deal breaker? And some of them will just be completely out there and it's kind of funny to listen to the, um, the guests, like, work through that. Like, that's one that they'll do not so rapid fire questions, um, They'll do. They they have some like reoccurring improv, and it's 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 really funny because Anna Ferris is not she's not terrible, but she's not especially good at improv, mm-hmm. and it, it it's oh it's always funny because some of the guests she's had are just like absolutely amazing at improv, and then some of them are terrible and they don't even really do improv, but she just really likes doing improv and she makes them do uh-huh. it, and so it's and having heard all the other ones. At least to me, it's actually kind of funny and entertaining. Like, listen, these guests who you know might be her friends or whatever, and they really want uh, to do a good job on the podcast, but just like struggle through yeah. <laughs> this improv scene that she refuses to end. And then the last thing that they do on the show, and again, this is so it's like this: the show is sort of all over the place a little bit, but somehow it feels cohesive. Is they actually will take calls from. Uh, listeners and it's usually relationship advice so she'll have like really famous people on the show and then they're just talking to you know everyday listeners about problems and um i've never heard a show like that where it's actually the listeners actually on the line and that definitely takes a little bit more production but it's kind of compelling and and interesting at least to me like they had one episode where it was a female comedian chris evans aka captain america and then I guess Chris Pratt probably got a little bit nervous that Anna Ferris was down there with Chris Evans. And he's like, yeah, I'm just going to come and uh, see what's happening. But so they're just talking to these like just normal people. And it's like Chris Pratt, Chris Evans, and oh, I can't remember her, her name. I know she, she's a comedian slash actress, but she's been a lot of stuff too. And like they're just giving relationship advice, just very kind of normal down to earth, something about it. Um, was just it, it's just enjoyable to listen to and it humanizes a lot of the celebrities so i'm like that's all cool how does that shit apply to us obviously we can't have the same reoccurring segment but i was trying to think of things that would sort of have intrinsic entertainment value so even like you know if we're both tired we're having an off week whatever there's still going to be some good entertainment right up front does that make sense yeah i i get it i get you um it would be cool to have a i guess a recurring um segment that'd be kind of cool uh it, it and i think we could pull it off uh it's just we got to figure out what we want that recurring the uh recurring segment to be about and then 
you know, give our uh, our guests kind of a heads up. Hey, before you're on, before we record, we're going to ask you these questions. Be prepared to answer these questions. Ready, set, go. And, you know, we could, we could for sure. I, I, I would like to do that. That'd be kind of cool. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I was also trying to think of things that would work prior to having guests. Because I think we've talked about it. At some point, we'd both like to have guests yeah. on. Um, but I think to, to really get to that point, it would also help to, to build a listenership. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm like I said, I, I, I look at this, this, uh, project that we're doing together in two ways of like one, like, Oh, this is just fun for me. Like, fuck everything else. I just want to talk to my friend. Yeah. And then I also look at it from a creative kind of critical perspective of like, all right, how do we make this better? And, and I do, I do feel like, um, before really starting to promote it heavily and everything, um, like we needed to up the quality a little bit. Okay. And I felt like we were kind of getting closer and closer just on our own without any, any other stuff. But I was like, how could we add to that? And the, re- the reason I brought this up, because I was like, oh, that would be a funny, I mean, this would be like a minute or maybe two minutes tops, but just have fake, like a fake sponsor yeah. at the front of everyone. Sure. I'm like, I could come up with that pretty yeah. quick. I mean that, like I don't I don't think that was like incredibly entertaining with Urban Mate, but that was a little bit entertaining. And I just made that up like at you know on the spot. Yeah. So if I put like a little bit of thought into it, um, that could be more entertaining. The one I thought about before that would be, um, I don't know if if you use Reddit at all, nah. but there's a, a section of Reddit called Ask Reddit, uh-huh. and a lot of the questions on there. I mean, somebody asking the question, but the the questions are sort of inherently entertaining which is why you know the ones that get upvoted that's why is because there's something kind of funny about them um so it'd be fun for i thought it might be fun for us to answer them ourselves and then the the added built-in entertainment value is the responses that get upvoted are generally pretty entertaining so like we could answer ourselves and i could you know just read some of the responses those are the two i had i'm all about it i'm all about it um yeah, there, there. I'm sure we could. If we wanted, to, if you and I wanted to brainstorm on on things, uh, before or after, uh, the podcast, we could, uh, we could agree with something. Um, and yeah, I, I would like to do something like that. It'd be kind of cool. It would for sure. I think. I think especially having something recurring, whatever, it, whatever it is, um, will help grow that uh that listenership. Um. Like it's when I like I think of the podcast that I've listened to in the past. Like uh, I used to listen to um, for a short while. I used to listen to Jeremiah Watkins had one for, or he might still have one, and I used to listen to it for a bit. Um, he'd have <laughs> the 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 trick. You know, he talked about Anna Ferris having like a, a um uh uh you'd have to do uh uh. Off script something with like whatever recurring guest you had. Jeremiah Watkins would was really good at doing voices. So his his mm-hmm. guests and he he had this like audio mixer thing where he could like pretend he he would call in himself and pretend to be somebody else. So he'd do the voice of like let's say Abraham Lincoln for example. He's like, oh, I got Abraham Lincoln on the phone. Then he'd do the Abraham Lincoln voice and then but he'd put his his guests in the spot too and he would make them do that. Yes. Sometimes it would work, sometimes it wouldn't, but it was just funny. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. There's always there's always things. I think of like uh, I haven't listened to it in a while, but like Kill Tony was was always funny when they would have um, yeah 
they would always have like one or two regulars that would come up every week and I would always look forward to to listening to the regular go on and do their minute and uh yeah for sure let's I'm all about it. Shout out to shout out to Vanessa Johnston. If you're single, hit me up. Vanessa Johnston, who's that? <laughs> she was a regular on Kill Tony. I don't remember who that is. She, she 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 came up. She did a minute, and they were like so dumbfounded because she, she's just smoking hot, and her minute was actually good. And they're like, I we they could not process this. They were like asking her like you like you know that you're like really really good looking. She's like, I mean yeah. And they're like, you know, but like. Not like like for a comic, like just and she's like it was it was so awkward. It was one of the few times because for anyone who hasn't seen Kill Tony, the format of that show is um, they they uh, well I can't remember. It used to be one of the smaller rooms at the comedy store, and then they took over the main room because the podcast yeah. got a lot bigger. But it would be you know Tony Hinchcliffe, who, who's the the fastest rising young comedian in the world, <laughs> or so he likes to say, and. Um, you know, and then Brian Redben, who really, if if anyone was actually going to have an authentic degenerate, degenerate social club podcast, it would be Brian Redben. Like that guy, uh, legit degenerate. But um, and then they would usually get on, you know one or sometimes two, uh, you know, comedians who who sometimes were really big names. You know, sometimes you know working comedians, and people from the audience would come up. And do a minute, and you never knew what you were going to get. I mean, sometimes they're actually legitimately good comedians. Sometimes they were just like insanely awful, uh, crazy people. And usually it was people who just weren't particularly good at comedy. Maybe they've been doing it for months, maybe a f- two, three years, and their minutes were just terrible. And then the Kill Tony panel would kind of roast them, slash interview them, mostly roast them, yeah. but you know, find out a little bit about their lives and try to give them some, some, uh, Tips and, and yeah, one of the regulars. She didn't last very long. I think she just lost interest. Was a uh, a, a young lady by the name of Vanessa Vanessa Johnston, who um, yeah, she was super hot. So I was like, hey, uh-huh. hey, girl. How long ago? If you're out how there, long ago was she a regular? Was it like recently or a long time ago? Uh, years. Okay, three, three years maybe. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. So there was Abby. What was her name? Oh, Ali Mikowski. She was a regular. Yeah. And then they, then more recently they had I can't remember the guy's name. He was, he was like a, a like a black guy. He was the best regular they ever had. He was a black guy. Malcolm. Like he had been, Malcolm. yeah, Malcolm. J- J- I can't remember his last name now. Jenkins. I don't know. Malcolm something. It was. It, it, I mean, it was like an aggressively black. Yeah, name. yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but like when he started, when he started the podcast, he had been. Uh, I, living out of his car, like behind like a, a 24 hour fitness or something. And he just, every single time he was on the podcast, he just killed it. And they started getting spots and like that guy's whole life changed from that podcast, which was pretty cool. And he was legitimately good. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, sometimes even when his, his jokes and, and things weren't that great, like in a minute he could still sell it just cause his delivery and energy was so good. Enough about Kill Tony. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, to, to, if nothing else, if, if listeners, if you took nothing away from this first, good Lord, it's been 20 minutes, uh, check out Unqualified with Anna Ferris and uh, Kill Tony with Tony Hinchcliffe, the fastest rising young comedian in the world. I don't, yeah, I don't think they, Kill Tony's already wildly successful. They don't need our plug. What the fuck? Fuck them. They should be plugging us. We're the ones that need help, assholes. Hey. What? Hey. What? It's not, it's not, if, it's not for us. We're not trying to help them. 
we're, we're trying to help our listeners who are like, hey, we're, we're going to like turn this off. Hey, don't you fucking turn this podcast off. Keep listening. Um, but who might be looking for something else to listen uh-huh. to? Maybe they're on a long road trip and they're like, wow, like, I mean, I feel like I'm a better person. My life has really changed. I'm seeing the world through a new perspective after listening to Aaron and Mondo. Uh-huh. You know, what, what else could I listen to? To, to pass the time obviously not going to be as good or as fulfilling or anything like that but you know just like some like other podcasts that could kind of fill in the space between this week and next week when i can listen to them again and you know we're suggesting unqualified with anna ferris and uh kill tony yeah um so uh we we were we were you, okay, we started this podcast. Actually, before we started recording the podcast, I asked you about your pop because he just had um, some type of operation done. He's going to have surgery soon. Um, what's the status on your health stuff? Anything new since the last? I know you were pretty down the last time we talked about how you kind of you kind of had to like. No, I wasn't down. I was just I was just improving someone who was like super depressed and like like borderline suicidal. That was just acting. <laughs> I thank you for thank you for acknowledging my wonderful performance. I mean, I really I really do think uh, at some point I'm going to become sort of the next great dramatic actor. So I'm just that was it. I I understand that you being fooled. So so I thank you. Um, what's new with that? Good lord. Uh, so I'm trying to think how to summarize all that. Uh, so when last we left off with all the health stuff, uh, this, this doctor was like, Hey, like part of your, this ligament in your spine is like calcifying. Like that's not good. And the reason is it's, it's the, the ligament like runs the whole length of your spine. So if it like calcifies, like you can't like use your limbs anymore, like you can't walk and like use your arms, which I feel like is important. I mean, maybe if I was like a really super genius astrophysicist. And I, had like this, <laughs> I was like, all, my, all I need in this world is my mind. Uh, Aaron Hawking? You know, that'd be okay. Um, yeah, you got the reference. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I, it's, it's, it's not like I'm a late bloomer and I'm suddenly going to become like a, a <laughs> transcendental genius. Like maybe, you know, maybe it was, it was, it was just... Work. I was working up to it, but probably not. So I'm not. You gotta invent cerebro. <sighs> okay. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a telepath, so I don't. I don't know. I can only do telekinesis, not telepathy. So I don't know how much that would help me. Um, uh, that's that's that was a deep reference for you X Men fans. You, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so I'm not real. Uh, excited about being a quadriplegic and I was looking into it then they were like oh, okay well they can just like cut away like part of your your vertebrae so your spinal cord isn't getting compressed and you could still like walk and stuff you just have like basically like a solid like a solid like rod of bone in your spine um, some some people like having a solid rod of bone in other parts of their Whoa. anatomy that's their personal Holy life choice moly. but but Nobody likes having a solid, solid rod of bone in their spine. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nobody. No, I don't. I don't. I, I agree. Uh, uh, so, I I got the I got a copy of the CT scan myself because I trust no doctors at this point. Yeah. Just so I could like look at it, and I I had to learn how to read CT scans, which actually wasn't as hard as you would think. <laughs> um, 
And I was like, oh, yeah, look, there's, yeah, now I see where that is. It's, it's not, like, really far progressed. Like, there's just two spots, like, two two vertebrate levels, and they're not connecting yet. But I could I could definitely see some uh, calcification. And then I was doing a bunch of research where I was trying to figure out, like, why that was happening. Uh, and then the, the doctor had me take a genetic blood test to see if there were some, like, genetic predispositions. And I... I this, so apparently this is very common in Asia. If you're like f- 50, 60 years old and Asian, this, this is, you know, it's not like super, super common, but they view it as an epidemic because enough people are getting it. But I'm like, well, I'm not 60 or Asian, so I'm going to guess this isn't genetic based. And, um, and that's, that's, that's about it on the, the health front. I mean, I'm waiting for that blood test because this doctor doesn't want to do anything uh, else for she she has smart doctor problems so there's dumb doctor problems and there's smart doctor problems dumb doctor problems are like me having to explain like how the, the anatomy works to doctors this is a real thing that has happened where I, I literally have to explain to them like well no like this this nerve cluster is right next to that and this could affect that and like they're like oh i take medication i'm like fuck you doctor that's dumb doctor problem smart doctor problem is I'm in a big hurry. I have a lot of patience. I know what's going on. It's in my head. I don't want to tell you. You just need to do what I say, and uh, I have to go help somebody else. That's yeah. like smart doctor problems. Yeah, that sucks. Um, so it's it's tough for me because I, I'm probably unlike most patients. I've been like researching neurology for like three years now, uh, and if she could tell me what she was thinking, it might be helpful um, for me figuring out what's going on. But you know what? That's that's all on hold anyway, in a way, because um, like I'm like the only person in the family who can like lift more than ten pounds right now, or like like bend over, yeah. like because my mom my mom can't you you know can't walk, and my dad can't uh, bend over or lift things heavier than ten pounds because he he got a, a sort of pre uh, heart surgery um, procedure, and he's got a, a plug in an artery, like, I guess in his leg, and if he bends over, it, that <laughs> the blood pressure could be enough where it's going to pop the plug out, and then, he, you know, he'd be bleeding all over the floor. And, like, my dad's, like, a super, super calm person. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure he'd handle that great. That's, by the way, that's sarcasm. Any of, like, the, the sort of uptight, like, neurotic parts of my personality, that's just directly from my dad. Wait, so you're saying, you're saying your dad wants to be really active right now, and he, is that what I'm reading? This this is something this is the sort of thing I would have definitely done when I was twenty and like a complete moron and now I'm like old enough to, to not do this sort of thing, but so the doctor says to him, hey, you you can't bend over, you could pop this plug out, you you know that's a problem. This is an artery, you're gonna be bleeding, um, and I I go I was going to feed the feed our dog today and you know his dog bowl is on the floor and my dad's like, oh, I already fed him. And I was like, how did you? how do you feed him? Like you can't bend over. And he's like, Oh, I figured out that if I just rotate, like I stand on one leg, I can keep the <laughs> other leg straight and I can just like bend, like bend over on one leg and then feed the dog. And I was like, what are you doing, dude? Dude, I don't know. I don't know. No. Yeah. Maybe it is. Maybe it is a personality thing. Maybe, uh, in regards to your dad, or maybe it's just an old people thing. Like, they're just like, fuck you. I'm not going to listen to any what anybody's saying. And I'll tell you why, okay? So, last week, my mom was sent home from work. 
Her human resource department tells her, someone in your department contracted COVID. They're positive. We can't tell you who it is, but anyone working within them uh, during this time and this time, this period, we had to send you home. So they wouldn't tell her who had it. They just told her that you may have been in exposure to someone that had it, so you can't go to work. She goes, she comes on to work. My mom's like, oh, shit, someone at work got COVID. I, I may have been exposed to it. I need to quarantine, and mm. I'm going to have to take the uh, COVID test to see if I got it, right? This was last week. My mom's version of quarantine is, see, if you ask me, like, Armando, what do you do to quarantine? I'm going to be in this room. I'm. Oh, oh here, let me let me ask. Let me ask. Let me ask. Ask me. I'll, I'll set you up. Ar- Ar- Armando, yes. what would you do to quarantine? If you ask me to quarantine, <laughs> I, I I did yeah. just ask you, Armando, what would you do to quarantine? I'm gonna stay in my room. I'm not getting out of my room at all, except for to eat shit, piss, shower, and that's it. Like like I'm gonna have. Quick, quick question: Why why can't you do all those things but shower in your room? Uh, I can piss. I suppose I could piss. If you give me enough water bottles, I can do that. But then the room would smell like pee-pee. And then... I, have, have they not invented buckets in California Yeah, yet? they do, but I don't want to be, like, smelling my own hey, poop. Hey, hey, I want you to commit to this this imaginary quarantine. Right. You go out the window like a chamber pot in old-time London. I, I did... You just throw it out the window. I did. I actually did quarantine... Uh, months ago, I don't know if you remember, like my sister may or may not have been exposed to her family that blah, blah, blah. So I said, I'm going to quarantine myself for a week. Okay. That's, that's, that's me quarantine. Like I'm going to stay isolated in my room. I'm not going to get anyone near anybody else. Right. So my mom gets sent home from work, her version of quarantine. She's like, she she tells me my dad, I have to quarantine for whatever, 10 days. Mm -hmm. Her version of quarantine is she puts on one of those little COVID masks. She's sleeping in the living room watching TV with a blanket over. And I'm thinking like to myself, like, aren't, hey lady, aren't you supposed to be in quarantine? Like, why aren't you in your room? Cause, uh, my, my mom and my dad sleep in separate rooms and I have the third bedroom. So we each have, for the most part, if we had to quarantine and isolate, it wouldn't be that hard to do. But my mom's just like this, like old stubborn, like no one can tell me what the fuck to do. Like middle fingers up in the air. She's like in the living room, and I'm like, okay, yeah, you're saying you want to quarantine and and, and uh, not expose my potentially expose my dad, who's had who's had respiratory and lung problems and has had two strokes, mm-hmm. and here you are in the living room. That's not like I can't tell her all this because she won't listen to me. She'll tell me to go fuck myself. So maybe it's just an old person thing. I have I have so many questions from that story. Okay. Um, so so. <laughs> For, for, first question, you're a year older than I am. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing your parents are actually a lot younger than my parents. How, how old are they? Uh, my mom's like 56, oh, wow. 57, something like that. And I am, yeah. uh, or my dad's uh, whatever, 62, 61, something like that. So my, 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 my mom's like 20 years older than your mom. Yeah, I told you, my parents had me when they were young. They were I know, way yeah. too young. Yeah, she was she like like nine eh, when close. No, she you said she was like sixteen, right? She she wasn't. She, yeah, she was sixteen. She's a. Uh, he was he was nineteen. Okay, that was that was the first question. The second part of that though is is 
your parents are sleeping in separate rooms. Like, how does that work? Like, why? Like, what is the? Well, they've been. How, how did that conversation go down that, in your your household? That's been going on for a long. That's been going on for a long time, and I think it's because my mom was just got fed up with my dad's loud snoring. My my dad's never really been a good healthy like diet or exercise type of person. So I think he's always had some like high, high level of sleep apnea. And so the snoring like pisses my mom off. And since we don't have very many people living here, they're like, I was like, you're going to sleep in this room. (laughs) She like tells my dad, like, you're going to sleep in this room. I'm keeping the master bedroom. And that's that. So my dad's just sucked it up. And so it was your, your mom's idea. Oh yeah. This house is run by my, my mom, my mom my mom comes off as the nicest person in the world to everybody, but she don't understand. She fucking runs this motherfucker. Well, so that whole thing like cup like separate bedrooms for couples um is a point of contention for a lot of couples, but it's in okay, I was gonna say, in every case I've ever heard, it's the guy that wants to have a, a separate bedroom, like they kinda like their independence, like things like that. And like like Going back to my whole kind of caveman philosophy of, of relationship, it's like women are like, no, no, you, you know, I, we're, we're, we're kind of a unit, like we're a team, we're a group, like having separate bedrooms is a clear symbol of separation. I don't want that. And probably even from just sort of a base level of like, oh, I want the larger, you know, uh, sex of the species like there to like protect me yeah. in case something happens. Like there's kind of all those thoughts. So, I mean, um, one one of one of my my parents uh, snores. I mean, because I've explained my living situation. Like I have this little suite. Like I've got a like a living room, like TV area, and then I've got a bedroom, and I've got. I was thinking about trying to convert it into like a, a bathroom, but it's just like kind of like a big six by six walk-in closet where I also have like a refrigerator and some other stuff in there. Um, but on my 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 parents' room was is is on the opposite side of my bedroom so there's just a, a shared common wall mm-hmm. and i moved in months before they did i moved in november i think they moved in february uh, you know the following you know so i moved in november um so what is that uh, november december january so they moved in three months after i did and i had time to work in, on the place and fix it up and knowing that we were going to share a wall i i pulled down the old drywall <laughs> I put in this, this uh, mineral mineral rock insulation, uh-huh. so it's basically it, it's not for heat. It's just it's just very sound dampening, so it's like like thicker and heavier than normal insulation. I put that in, and then there are these like sound dampening sheets. I put I put the sound dampening sheets over the the mineral rock just to add even more um, depth depth because like the most important thing to. Uh, to get rid of noise when you're trying to keep noise from going through walls, it's just mass. It's 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 not not girth, but mass. <laughs> you um, always gotta go with some crazy th- <laughs> thickness. That's what I was getting to. It was it was just it was word association. It's thickness. You need thickness. Um, and then then I put a layer of drywall. The the, the five eighths inch thick industrial drywall. Like most of the drywall you have up is only a half inch thick. Uh-huh. There's some that are only like I forget. It's it's even it's like a third of an inch or something like so that. So you put you put you put some girthier drywall. Extra extra thick drywall. It's not any harder than the normal drywall, but it's it's and it's the same color. It's not like it's not like the the, the regular drywall is like white drywall and then you get the extra thick drywall and it's like it's like a kind of like a nice brown. deep brown drywall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's it, 
regular regular color drywall, but um, the, the extra thick drywall, and then and then I put green glue, which I I'm I'm still I'm not entirely sure if this works, but it, what it is 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 it's this it's yeah it's like a glue, and when it dries, what it's supposed to do is it actually turns sound vibrations into heat and then dissipates the heat. So instead of the sound vibration vibrating through and then going into the, the material that it's attached to, it'll it'll just vibrate and then turn into heat and dissipate so you don't hear the sound. Huh. That's the theory behind Weird. it, whatever. I People use that. So I put green glue and I put another another layer of extra thick drywall. So like, just to recap, we have like the super heavy duty mineral rock sound insulation. We had the sound dampening boards. We have the extra thick drywall. We have the green glue. We have another panel of extra thick drywall. And I can still fucking hear one of them snoring really? on certain nights. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So that's where I was like, I was like, dang, like when, when I heard about your parents, I was like, okay, one, how, well, here's another question. Would you would you want to sleep in a separate bedroom under any circumstances? I'm gonna answer. I'm gonna answer that. But I also gotta tell you, and I don't know if it's related at all. But I so when I was a kid growing up, my my folks both worked really weird hours. They'd go in like at four, five, six in the morning, and they would drop me off at my grandparents to babysit me for those few hours before I went to school. Like the bus stop was right in front of my grandparents' place. So that like they they dumped me off my grandparents, and I remember even my grandparents. Um, had separate beds. They were in the same room, but they had separate beds. I don't know what mm. the purpose of that shit was for. It was just that was grandma and grandpa's room. Really weird. Um, you know what? That might just be if one of them's a restless sleeper. Probably. So they wake the other yeah, they up. move around a lot. Yeah. I, I know. I personally, me, I got so used to a California king um, that I know I toss and turn a lot. I, and I think mm. when I'm, I, I'm for sure when I'm fatter, I know I snore really loud. I don't. I don't know if I snore as loud anymore now. Um, I used to have an ex girlfriend that we lived together, and she would give me that feedback. She'd get pissed off. She'd wake me up and like, "You're snoring again, goddamn it!" Fuck. Oh well, my bad. But uh, what was your question I, about? I don't, what was your question about uh, my? F- w- would you? Would you ever? Would like? Would you want? You know, you you were were three three years from now. Um, you're you've got you've got the the job that you wanted. You're you're like super successful, making a bunch of money. You know you you've uh, you're in a long term relationship, whatever. And w- like, is the idea of sleeping in separate bedrooms at all appealing to you? Like, was, is that something you'd even want to do? I don't know if I'd want to sleep in separate bedrooms. Um, I I wouldn't mind separate beds or like a super huge ginormous bed. I don't know. It's more like like I don't care. Like to be honest, I don't give two shits. Um, I don't want to go far. If I want to get nookie, <laughs> if I want to get some, I don't want to like go across the. I don't want to go across the hallway to go. Hey, knock on the door. Like, hey babe, I want to. I want to get some. I don't want to do that. I want to just be able to roll over and make it happen, right? Um, but maybe a really big bed. I'd be okay with because, I, like I said, I, I know oh, I roll around a lot. So, 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 just to be clear. In this imaginary relationship, you you can just roll over and have sex whenever you want. Pretty much. I mean, that isn't that's how it's supposed to happen. Like, I, I would I would think that that's the way it's supposed to happen. That that's a nice theory. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think I think that's not the way that actually works. But okay, well, what's wrong with that? It's um, not like rolling over and like kind of like you know getting your 
You know, you you got like a like a chub or you got got a little girth you're working with, and you just kind of like like rub it on her the back of her leg or something like. Isn't that how you're supposed to like? Hey, I'm ready. Or like, <laughs> isn't that what what humans do? <laughs> uh, th- that is what men do. Um, <laughs> I I think for for again for women, I think it's a little bit more of a, a, a and like an emotional sort of mental nah. thing. Like they 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 want to feel like they're desired they want to be like mentally into it they want to feel like there's a connection they want all these things and you know what maybe maybe you found just the perfect woman uh woman who all those things are satisfied when she just feels like just like a like a like a dick rubbing on the back of her leg she's like oh oh this 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 is so emotionally gratifying he really he really cares about me because this is and this is how he shows it and then she's just like immediately in the mood like you, you keep you keep looking for for that woman. Yeah, there was the you know actually look the last the last like long term relationship I was in that was getting like the steady vagina. It was like it was different signals every like it wasn't like the same. It was like one night it would be like hey rubbing my wiener back her back of her leg, and then night it was like, you know you kind of wake her up start start gently nuzzling and kissing and cuddling and doing all that other bullshit that women like, and then you know and then you start start pounding i don't know but yeah it's different it's not like every time was the same same setup same punchline yeah i think i think it's it's different when you're in your 20s versus when you're in like a kind of long-term committed relationship and it's super super different after there's a kid that's a that's a question we should ask there you go that's a question we should ask our uh when we start having guests, Halibor Hal- would be so. De- I'd be like, I'm gonna be on a Lancer podcast. That's what you have to tell them. It's a Lancer podcast. We're gonna talk about married people, sex stuff, and you get to vent. He'd be like, What? Yeah, I mean, are you for real? Yeah, I would love to hear his answers to that. Those questions, like, Hey, Hal, when you uh, when you want to uh, get some nookie from the wife, what what signals do you send, and how do you do it? Are you in bed on your the couch? Like, what do you do? How does that happen? The- then, then we get Cindy on real quick for the rapid fire questions. <laughs> Cindy, how do you feel about the word girth? <laughs> that would be see. There you go. There, now we got a segment. C- C- Cindy, do you think the extra thick drywall should be brown in oh, color? Shit. Holy moly! <laughs> She's like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, what? What? What did I sign up for? What is? What is this we, podcast? We, we find out that, that that Hal and Cindy are actually swingers this whole time. <laughs> like, I uh, I uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, what? What? Uh, what? Uh, Hold uh, on. <laughs> Breaking they, news at eleven. Yeah, no, I used to. I used to like at least in my mind have these these wild theories about like my, all my not just Hal and Cindy like all my all of our Lancer brothers that are married and happily married and in relationships. I used to think about like stuff like that. Like, I wonder if that couple. Well, hold on. Are you admitting right now that you used to think about sleeping no, with Hal's no, wife? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, I, what I, what I'm trying to say. So you're saying you didn't think about sleeping with Hal's no. wife? No, no, I didn't. No. You, you saying you think Hal's wife is ugly? Oh, you're an asshole. You're a jerk. Cindy's, Cindy's an amazing one. Cindy, Cindy. <laughs> let me just. Oh, now, oh, now she's amazing. No, no, no. Cindy is like she's like the current. Like Lancer team mom. If if I were to if I were to like give her give her justice, like she she and Hal are always hosting. Uh, what do you mean by team? Like this took a dark. No, sort of, uh... god damn it! You and your. <laughs> no, I mean like I mean like whenever there's like an event or or anything like a barbecue, family picnic, whatever. Cindy's always been like like super pro Lancer, like 
Like she takes she takes mm-hmm. care of everybody. Oh my god. I, I just <laughs> you just can't stop I, yourself. Oh my god. It's like pathological. I'm just shut up now. Uh but um so 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 oh my god. Now you've got me doing it. I was about to say, hey, so I was about to say let's get off of Cindy. <laughs> Jesus. Um Cindy's actually Cindy's uh, actually trying to hook me up with some of her friends. Like some of her like friends her age, like Cindy's age. Yeah. Cindy's what do it. Cindy's what, like mid uh, or late forties, probably late forties, early fifties. I'm guessing. Anyway, I know she's trying to. Ha- I I think just in case the laborers are listening, I'm pretty sure I think Cindy's like late thirties. Oh. <laughs> she's like thirty thirty eight, maybe thirty seven. Ask kisser, but she yeah. She, what are you talking uh, about? She just she just has a, like a youthful vibrance. Uh, uh, so I, I think I think she's got to be thirty. She has tried to hook set me up with a couple of her friends. I don't know if she was drunk when she was doing this, or she was, or she. I don't know. She, I, she's had a couple of friends that uh, she's like, "Hey, Mondo, what do you think about this?" Blah 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 blah. I don't know if she was trying to do me a solid or do them a solid or or what. But none of it ever really panned out. Um, and I actually, I never really pulled the trigger on any of those friends that she's like. Like I don't know if one of them was just trying to get nookie. I was like, I was more willing to do that, but another one seemed a little more on the serious, and I don't, I don't know. Anyway, um, so so okay, so b- back to the the separate bed thing. Um, the, the reason I was asking, and I was interested in that because that, like that's something that I have thought about, and I'm kind of worried because did, did you sh- like share a room growing up? I yeah, I've always did. So n- not until I went to college actually even though because we had roommates in college too that doesn't make sense i didn't mm-hmm. get my own room until i was like at like out of college uh but prior to that high school junior high all that stuff i'd always had a shared a room with my brother you know so it was always like two of us we even had bunk beds growing up that was kind of cool um no i never had i never had my own room up until i was old enough to afford my own room so i mean i and let's that, see that's where i'm i'm a little bit worried. I mean, I, I'm sure, uh, you know, people with brothers and sisters always had to share a room. There, there might have been some envy of, of like only children who were like, oh, like they get their own room and stuff like that. And I, I can certainly understand why. Like I was an only child. It was nice always having my own room. But as an adult, like looking back, I have a little bit of envy because I think there's a certain familiarity and comfort like living with other people that you, you get through that experience, yeah. even if it could be a pain in the ass. So the only time I ever shared a room was in college and I was like really bad at it. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I didn't particularly like it even. So I'm like, how, how would that go down in my adult life? The, the time where it worked best was um, what year is that? It was, it was the year we, we were we were all in the dorms, and I shared a room in Harris with Lawrence. Uh-huh. And my takeaway from that is like, okay, well, I just need to marry Lawrence, but like, he, <laughs> he's already taken <laughs> fucking Danielle stole him, so I can't I can't marry Lawrence. I'm like, what do I what do I do? Yeah. Like, I mean, is that just gonna doom a long term relationship? And I do remember there's a girl I was dating, and I don't remember how it came up. And, but it was, I was just like kind of offhanded, like said, oh, like, I don't know. The idea of separate bedrooms doesn't sound terrible. And she was horrified. She's like, what? What are you talking about? That'd be awful. Like, I was like, Let oh, me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. I, I, have you ever been in a, in a serious relationship long enough where you guys, where you lived with another gal? No. Nope. I, I, will, I will give you this bit of advice. 
because I have, I think, with two different girls. No, one for sure. One and a half. One of them didn't really count because she still had her own apartment, but she would sleep over at my place all the time. Um, people like people change. Like even like when you're dating somebody, it's 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 kind of lovey dovey. Sometimes you like having a partner, you like having someone to talk to, all that good shit, right? But when you live with somebody, some of the smaller, mm. like minute little details about that person sometimes yes. like, like extrapolate. Like they get they get way more vivid and they start like getting on your nerves and thing and, and then there's probably things that you do that will get on their nerves um <laughs> me yeah. no. no i i think i think it's important <laughs> i'm an angel what are you yeah, talking right. about uh, i think it's important to live with someone for a, a little bit before before uh like deciding to like settle down get married uh 100 yeah. I, I i think people who who uh get married before they're living together are insane. Because right. the, the, the one that everyone always focuses on are uh, is like, did you have sex before marriage? And I'm like, okay, it's like a kind of a religious thing, like whatever. I, I think that's going to be fine. Like, if it's if it's two relatively attractive people and like one of them isn't just like a weird, like emotionless fish, like you're, you're going to have like pretty good, like sex is, even like, like mediocre sex is still pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's something that you can always just get better at. And if it's like a couple that cares about each other, like you'll, you'll be fine. Like that's that's a dumb focal point. The one that I I just people don't talk about a lot, which drives me nuts, is like head like getting head. That they talk about that. They again, everyone's very focused on on penis related oh, okay. things. It, it will, I, when, I, when I say and when I, when I say everyone, I mean like twenty to thirty year old males. But um, no, it's like living together. Like that's the biggest thing. It's like. It's yeah. It's like a friend. It's a partner. It's it's a uh, a, a wife, like a mother, whatever. But it's also like a, a long term roommate that you're gonna share like a confined spaces with for like decades. Like you gotta you gotta make sure you guys are compatible on that yeah. front. Uh, you know how you talked about how like being an only child and how you your older years you you envy having somebody there. I will tell you this. It's cool when you have. You know, a little buddy or someone to play with, or maybe even someone your your same age, a brother or sister, or whatever, and you're sharing the same room because you have someone to like get into trouble with. But when you're older mm-hmm. and you become a more independent person, I think I think yes. having your own room, uh, like like I right now, like I've had roommates for a while too, even as an adult, um, where we wouldn't we wouldn't share the same bedroom per se. We would share the same roo- roof. And we each have our own bedroom. Yep. And even sometimes having roommates, sorry, mm-hmm. sorry, my ex roommates, but sometimes it's cool and sometimes it kind of sucks because they just, their their shit drags you down and, and you're, you're like, you're, mm-hmm. I, I, at least I try to be mindful about not letting my shit drag them down. Um, but I think, I think for the most part, the roommates that, that I've had, like, sure, there were positive moments for sure. Well, a lot of times, like their their negativity or their whatever their baggage, it, it kind of. So so, that being said, like the last roommate I had, I was like, "Fuck this! I'm never having a roommate ever again." And that's why I'm living with my folks right now because I can't afford my own one bedroom, one bathroom apartment anywhere else. But uh, as far as getting roommates, I don't know, man. I just it's it's uh it's it's like uh, Russian roulette. Like you don't know. Even if even if it's a even if it's a buddy you really really get along with, like mm-hmm. I don't know, roommates sometimes can suck, you know. 
Well, and that's, that's the thing. Like, a lot of it isn't even who you're closest to or anything like that. I mean, just going back to... Uh, um, Lawrence. You know, that dorm... That, that, yeah, that dorm experience. Like, I, w- I was definitely... I was good friends with Lawrence, but, like, he, he was not... The, the person in that social group that like I was the closest uh-huh. to um, and maybe that was even a good thing in, in that you know that respect because it was like you know we, we we had some some different interests like it was, it was a lot easier to live together because we weren't always doing the same thing like he uh, he had his oh no it was it wasn't even um, Danny at that point but he, he had a, a girlfriend um, you know that he'd spend time with like and we had a shared love of video games which is nice. Because we, you know, we could play that, you know, in, in the room with friends and everything. But like, I think some of like I don't think you and I would have been nearly as good roommates as Lawrence and I were. And I think I would have just ended up annoying the shit out of you, like with with things that um, didn't seem to really bother Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, I think. And that would have been that would have been a drain on the friendship. Yeah, it 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 just it just happens. I think for me, like for me, for me, it's. Um, and this this is the same with my like relationship place with like girls and shit is like the things that I do that annoy people I'm oblivious and unaware to until they tell me and I'm like oh shit my bad mm. and then it's, by then it's too late you know <laughs> yeah they're like this is why I fucking hated your guts and I'm like oh why'd you tell me this shit before why are you telling me that now that it's all done and over with you know like well they they probably did tell you just in like female way, like communication ways. Yeah, where there's like where and like guess what I'm thinking type of ways or like they're not or or they well, hint at shit. It's usually not it, so a lot of it's nonverbal right. um which which is still the hardest for me but like now I'm definitely a lot more aware of that stuff and then some of it's verbal but it's just very sort of indirect where they're giving you a hint that something's wrong and they they if you kind of get those signs, then then it just you have to actually have a conversation in a sort of very comfortable, like non-confrontational way. And a lot of times it's frustrating because there's something wrong, and you can't just be like, "Well, what's wrong?" And because they don't want to um, introduce tension or friction or like they, you know, it's, it, it, women they're always trying to strengthen that bond, and they feel a lot of them, anyways, the ones who are, are particularly younger and feel a little bit insecure about themselves, don't want to focus on friction or something that's bothering them because they feel like that's going to be a wedge, not a, a, a uniter. Yeah. And so it's like you, you just have to be very understanding and patient and kind of like coax them into it and, you know, get, 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 let's, let's, we're in a safe space. It's okay. Not, don't, don't actually yeah, talk no. like that. But, um, you know, it's, it's just really being like, sometimes even um, kind of opening the door, being, being like, Seeing like, oh, like, you know, I, I really, you know, value, uh, you know, your, 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 your opinion. I want to, I want to always feel like we can talk you know, with each other and this small thing that has, and then it's always, I would always, this, it would be like a small thing that had nothing to do with the other person, just something in my life. Like this thing is, was really bothering me, you know, at the grocery store or whatever. Like, what do you, what do you think? I should do about it. I really want to make sure we can, we can talk and stay open. And you kind of like lead them into that and they feel like they helped you. And, and then that sometimes will lead them into saying what's bothering yeah. them. Um, that, and it also sets a nice tone where it's not confrontational. I, I've had a, a, a few partners where that kind of communication um, was pretty, was pretty good. And I've had a lot of relationships where that kind of communication was just 
horrible. It was just like non-existent, and it was, you mm-hmm. know, but I, you know, you get older and you realize what you're looking for in a partner and what you don't want in a partner, and you hope that you somewhere somewhere along the lines you meet someone that you can meet fifty fifty with and a lot of shit. But yeah, we're, we're I'm still I'm still not so, there, obviously. It it just uh, and again I'm not trying to set myself up as like. Uh, a relationship grew, <laughs> obviously. I mean, we just talked about, like, I haven't, I, the longest relationship I had was, what was it, nine months long? And we, we never lived together or anything like that. Um, but as far as this sort of nonverbal communication and issues like that, I got a lot more in tune to it because when I was coaching women, I, I had to have that same awareness with, well, I mean, you, it was usually like 25 women at the same yeah, time it's hard and well and on top of that a lot of them would be a lot more hesitant because i mean i was i was a coach they were a player i was older in a position of authority so they were going to be even less likely to come forward but on the flip side this is the other thing i told you women they're all about kind of for, forming and strengthening bonds so so if like one of them was really upset with me about something and <laughs> one of her friends would tell you <laughs> Well, no, it was sometimes something that'd be great. I'd be like, oh my God, thank God you told me about this before it got, you know, completely ballooned. No, but they would exactly, they would talk to their friends about it and they can't fucking believe he did this. Oh, oh yeah. And then their friend would be like, and of course, you know, the friends, they, they have that, that let's strengthen our bonds. Let's, you know, back each other up. So then their, their friends are like, oh yeah, I can't believe you did this. And then that could sort of grow and balloon. And so like you had to be super, super aware about that sort of thing. And for me, the, the most valuable thing I ever did for, you know, as a coach, and I learned this, I wish I had done this sooner, was I just started scheduling time. I had to do at least once a week where like, it would be like an hour where I could just sit down and, and talk with them. So, sometimes one-on-one, usually it was even better in small groups, um, like groups of like three. And I would make sure that the, you know, they were with people they felt really comfortable with and sometimes would would help voice for their friends things that they didn't want yeah. to say. And we and it wasn't like it would always be under the pretense of like something uh about lacrosse or practice or, or what happened in the game. But I would have like the first 15 minutes like kind of set aside for well just gonna talk like whatever. Like it would sometimes just be catching up. And then a lot of times that 15 minutes would end up being the whole hour because stuff would come out of that. And like it, it made such a difference in terms of the way um, we, we related to each other, having that like built-in communication time where I'm like, whatever they're feeling, whatever they're experiencing, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if I think it, what they, what they feel reflects reality. It's if they're feeling it, it's valid. And I have to understand what it is and be able to engage with it. And do at first it was exhausting. Once I got a little bit more comfortable, I'm like, <laughs> This, this feels, well, cause again, it wasn't just like one girl. It was, you know, it was 25, uh, 25, uh, young women. And it was trying to juggle all those personalities all at the same time. It was, uh, it was a crash course to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish I, you know, I, 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 I've, uh, I've only, I say only most of my, uh, relationships have been like longer term, like, you know, three, six a year months uh one of them i was with for like four or five years i forget how long ago it was um another one that like 
harasses me here and there on on Instagram. <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, God, poor little girl. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I, so I've always been like a like a longer term relationship type of guy. I don't really date a lot. I don't know why. I don't. I just to me, uh, maybe it's kind of a waste of time. I don't know. I tried dating a couple times. It's very few and far between. But every every girl for sure. Every girl is different. Every girl is a different like amount of crazy. You got to learn their ways, and and that takes time. And I don't know. One one of these one of these days when I feel like like I'm ready to get back out there, I'll probably start dating or something. I don't know. I just I'm not I'm not ready right now. I don't feel like I'm independent enough, right? Uh, for for me to to like put myself out there. It'll happen one of these days. Um, follow up question for you. Uh, and just while we were talking about uh, this, is something I, I remembered. You, I remember you saying this to me s- several times when we were in, you know in college together. You, you said, uh, you know, like Jaffe, you're looking for like a rare, rare girl, and I don't know if you're gonna find her. And I don't know if the and I don't know if you're gonna find her is just something that I, I filled in with my my own brain, or you actually said that. Um, but I, I felt like that was the implication anyway. Yeah. And I remember at the time you saying that, and I was like, uh huh. But I also hadn't. I I had no idea what the fuck I was looking for. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what 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 did you like? What did you mean by that? What was your? Well, I think every guy ha- like, and women do this shit too, right? Like we all idealize what our partner should look like, sound like, react uh, to certain things. Like we all have. Like I know you do this. I know I do this. I've talked to other people that do this. Like talk to yourself every now and then. Eh, not not like every day, right? But like every now and then, you have a conversation in your head about what. Do you mean out loud? I don't know that I do out loud. I may do that like when I'm driving. But I'm talking about like more in your. Oh, I'm talking it, about like more in your head. Like you have a conversation with somebody in your head about like what you would say to them, how they would respond, uh-huh. and sure. and you think. It, 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 you you kind of conceptualize, you idealize what that conversation would would be uh-huh. like per, in a perfect scenario, and then you meet someone and, and that conversation doesn't take the same turns or twists and turns that you had in your mind. Uh, so, so 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 let's let, let no, it's weird because we're both we're both dudes that we couldn't really do that. Like I was because I was trying to think. I know exactly what you mean, right? Because in, in your head, you're like, you know, it's like you you. Uh, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll see. I'll see an attractive girl. She'll be. She'll be sitting outside on a bench. I'll walk over and be like, "Wow, it's such a lovely day, and you look so lovely sitting on that bench." I just wanted to come over and say hello. She's like, "Oh, that's so sweet." Uh, yeah, I, I'm just. I'm just. You know, sitting here. I was. I was thinking about my dog from when I was a kid. And you'd be like, "Oh, really? I had a dog when I was a kid. What breed?" And she was like, "It was. It was a border collie." I was like, "I had a border collie when I was a kid. That's great." That's wonderful. They're such smart dogs. She's like, I know they are smart. I'm like, I really value intelligence. She's like, me too. Wow, we have that common, uh, that that, that <laughs> common interest in intellect. You know, what, what sort of academic, uh, per, you know, pursuits? You know, we're we're this is I'm in my in this scenario right, we're, we're still yeah, back yeah, in yeah. school. So what, what what are you studying? She's like, well, I'm actually really into the sciences. I'm like, wow, I, I think that's wonderful. You know, there's just not enough. Um, 
you know, women going to the sciences, you're setting such a great example for little girls to come. She's like, oh, I know, I really think about that. I'm so glad that you're you're sensitive to women's feelings. And I'm like, no, actually, no, no problem. And I really, I love, I love the sciences. And I just, I felt like I never had the discipline for the lab work. She's like, oh, I hate that part too, but I'm just very, very good. I learned how to get through it. I'm like, that's, that's great. I, you know, I, I, I didn't go into the sciences. I like having more of a uh, creative freedom in what I'm doing. I really, I like the arts. She's like, oh, I love the arts too. I just don't have the the, the physical talent. I'm like, well, you know, there's an art show um, on campus uh, tomorrow. Would you, would you like to go together? She's like, I would, but would you want to just go back to wherever you live and, and we could have sex first and then we could go? I'm like, that's perfect. That is absolutely perfect. Wow. Yours, this, this is, yours is good. This, this is this has just been a great day. I'm so I'm so glad we we met. And she's like, yeah, yeah. I you know I think I think we're probably soulmates and we'll we'll be together forever because I'm just just like this super hot like scientist who's also uh, uh, a decathlete track athlete, and I think we were made for each other. I'm like I think that too, and that's how you envision it going in your mind, and then you you walk you walk up and you're like. Um, oh, uh, hey, it's, it's like, uh, it's a, it's a lovely day. And she's like, I'm sorry, what? Who, who? And I'm like, it's, it's just the, the day it's, it's lovely. And she's like, uh, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, it's, it's Southern California. I'm like, I, all right, well, it was, I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I'm going to go get some food at the, <sighs> okay. They're sweating. <clears throat> <laughs> like I'm like I'm actually I actually am sweating. I mean, part of it I have, I have flannel PJs on. I'm gonna say the reason I suddenly started sweating and like wiping my palms was because I just have flannel PJs on in Southern California. It's a really hot day, and uh, <clears throat> don't tell any of your friends about this conversation. Bye. So that's that's I feel like the expectation versus right. the reality. Was that a pretty good? Yeah, I, I had a I had a, a yeah had something similar in mind. But mine is nowhere near as elaborate and. Uh, awesome sounding as yours so i i don't think i want to give mine <laughs> mine was a little more short and sweet to the point but yours is actually pretty pretty uh detailed and like i like it all i want to say was um i i probably that probably all came out because i was, I was listening to the like i said the anna ferris's po- uh podcast where they they do a lot of of like uh improv uh-huh. and i just i just improv both parts by yeah. myself so suck it on ferris that's pretty good I enjoyed it. I was, yeah. I was I was entertained. I was laughing. My my right cheek hurts from smiling so hard. It really does. Um, that was that was funny. The the cheek in your face. Yeah. Yes. No. Okay. That would be really weird if your no. your right butt cheek hurt because no, 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 you were smiling no, so no, hard. My right my right face cheek um, hurts from from smiling so. Okay. Hard. Um, so yeah, you were saying you were saying. The conversation in your head versus and and finding the 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 rare yeah, woman. Yeah, so I so I Continue. so I think I think um, uh, I can tell you this for a fact, right? Like for, for the for the girls that I've dated, they also idealize us. Like they idealize how we should be and how we should behave and mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. And more often than not, they they end up being kind of disappointed because they 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 build us up. So what they build us up. So so like they they yeah. meet us, we have a good time. A week later, dating whatever, they put us on they put us on this pedestal just like we put women up on a pedestal. And then as time progresses, that like we always fall short to where they put us. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think uh, I think uh, we people, men, women, we just need to be a little more realistic and be like, eh, you know, people are who they are. They are, you know, accept them as they may come. They're gonna have flaws for sure. Nobody's perfect, and it just it is what it is. Um, so, I, and and the, the the tricky part with that is, I feel like men and women put a really high emphasis in different areas. Where like when you're saying when they're idealizing and building people right. up. And well, what do you think? There are different think, areas. Think guys idealize. What are the areas that guys idealize, and how are those different? What do girls idealize? Oh, okay, so guys, in, part- in particular, when we're younger, there's um, there's a lot, a big emphasis on physical, uh-huh. obviously. Which, yeah. um, oh, good lord, this this is one where, like, looking back, I really thought I'm not making this up, and I don't want to get into names or anything like that. But I was like, oh. I, that doesn't apply to me. Right. A girl could be just like really fun and we could have a good connection. Like if I'm not attracted to her like at all, like that's not going to matter because like my brain will just supersede right. that. And then I learned that I'm a fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was that was my takeaway. I, I, I tested that theory um, really it, just just in a disastrous way. And I'm like, I'm an idiot. Okay, apparently that is really important. Yeah. Even even if you think you're somehow uh, mentally evolved from that. No, no, we're 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 uh, we're, we're monkeys. Men men are, are still very much just just primate monkeys that want to have a, an attractive partner. Um, I think I think guys also had this sort of like idealized version of a, of a, a woman who's attractive, but she's also very like kind of like chill. Yeah. Like guys, guys really, it's like, yeah, she's chill. She's not going to make waves. I'm going to be able to be, be able to go out and do my thing and go out in the world. And then I'm going to have this sort of like chill, like hot girl that, uh, isn't going to have all these, um, you know, emotional needs and this connection and all that. Like it, it, it we, we tend to, to not focus on, on all the things that a woman would need from a relationship. And then women, from their perspective, I feel like from what, and this is from what I've, you know, I've heard from um, women I know talk, you know, just, just talking and podcasts and things like that. They're always disappointed with men and because from their perspective, they, they have a lot higher sort of emotional intelligence. They, they spend a lot more time paying attention to you know, body language and non-verbal communication. And they're very um, conscious about, you know, kind of how, how the bonds are between people. If the you know relationship is strong, if something is a, a source of tension, whereas men are frequently oblivious yes. to that stuff. Uh-huh. And they're like, how are guys so fucking stupid? Like, you're so dumb. Like, how do you, how, how does this person exist in the world and, and like function with other human beings? And it's, it's not that guys are dumb. We're just not naturally wired like that. It's kind of like learning to speak a second language. And it's like, we didn't grow up speaking this language. Like, that's not, um, you know, so, and again, some people did, you know, if they had a lot of sisters, you know, they might've, uh, you know, or sort of like a, a, a matriarchal household they might have kind of gotten used to that earlier but like a lot of guys just didn't they never had it modeled for them and guys have sort of the same thing where it's like yeah we're not as in tune to uh you know the emotional side of the relationship but like guys are very very good at like the nuts and bolts of like okay like we're we're picking a restaurant 
you know, this place is closed, this place is too expensive, let's find this place. And meanwhile, the girl's like, well, how do you feel about that? And it's like, what, what are you talking about? Like, this shouldn't be a complicated process because of A, B, and C. Like, pick a fucking restaurant. What's yeah, your issue? Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's like, it's like, like men can be like, oh, fucking women, they're so irrational and they're crazy and they can't figure out this basic stuff. And women have the same perspective about sort of the more emotional uh, and, and, um, sort of connectivity based parts of the relationship and like both sides will think that they're idiots. And then for, you could have, you could have two people who had these sort of lofty expectations and both be really disappointed when it's just like, you just don't understand the limitations and, and uh, just the, the sort of weaknesses of the different sexes, if that made sense. For sure. For sure. I, you know, uh, I can only speak for myself. I can't speak for you, but I, all this stuff is is uh, you know learning experiences, trial and error. You make a mistake, you learn from the next one. Hopefully, you know. Hopefully, the next one comes around. You you don't make the same mistakes, and hopefully, they've made those mistakes too, or or, or made other mistakes too. You don't you don't want to meet someone that's not ever dated or ever been ex- exposed to a relationship because then they, when they're green and they don't know shit, ass from elbow. And you're like their first boyfriend, like, um, uh, yeah, it's it's just not gonna work. Um, let me let me let me cap this part off with 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 this because I I feel like I'm probably a lot less likely to put women on a pedestal, and uh, I shouldn't say a pedestal, an unrealistic pedestal mm-hmm. because of some of the experiences that I've had, uh, and I, and I think I think this does actually. Um, speak to, to how, how close women are in their, their bonds sometimes. Uh, I don't know if you knew this is a thing, but if there, there's a lot of women who are living in a cro- close proximity to each other, their, their periods will actually start to yeah. cycle, meaning that they'll, they'll, they will have them at the same I, time. I heard that. Um, I, I'm 98% sure that's true. <laughs> uh, because I, I've had the experience where... It's like, you know, as a coach, we've been, we were on the road for like several days. Um, you know, it was actually more than several days. It was during spring, spring break. So it would have been like, like a couple of weeks and, uh, a, a bunch of, uh, a bunch of 20 something, um, uh, you know, young, young girls who are just like tired and they're running out of clean clothes and they don't, they're, none of them are wearing makeup or anything like that. Cause like, why the fuck would you? And, uh, probably about half of them have started cycling together and they're all mad at me because the restaurant they wanted to go to for breakfast just isn't open. <laughs> and like that has somehow become my fault. And, uh, and I'm just like sitting in front of the bus with feeling like, like 25 eyes, like stare daggers into the back of my head being like, Oh, good Lord. How did I get in this situation? Can I, can I just like jump out now and just start walking? Holy fuck. <laughs> I I've I've uh I used to manage an orthodontist orthodontal office for about a year when I was in Long Beach, and uh, for the longest period of time, it was me Armando running the office stuff, running the sales stuff, and and a staff uh including including the orthodontist and the RDA the the res uh what are they called the the registered dental associates. Um, basically, the the Santa's helper, Santa's helpers to Santa, um, in the orthodontics office, and I was the only male, 
No, well, they were all shorter than me. But yeah, there's a couple that were pretty short. They could have been midgets. But it was myself, the only guy, and between eight and, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 women. And holy shit, that experience was, was fun. I, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything, but it was a fucking roller coaster every day. Um, finally I got smart and, uh, I started getting, I started hiring some, uh, some male RDA. So that way it'd be like even the numbers out, it wouldn't be all completely, uh, uh, women, um, but yeah, it felt like it felt like it felt like I was married to like 10, 12 women without the uh luxury of actually being able to bone any of them. It was just uh it mm. was just fucking chaos. It was crazy. And yeah, they'd get all mad at you for the same thing. And so I learned I learned really early on to just kiss ass, kiss all their ass. Like I would take them out to lunch, I would fucking bring them donuts every now and again, ice cream, that kind of shit, and they fucking love me. Who knows? They're probably talking shit behind my back, but it's okay. It's a women are. They get fucking catty and they get uh, group group think sometimes. Well, but th- but again, that whole group thing, like that's how, that is how they are wired to function. Yeah, like it's not, it's it's not a bad thing. Like it's good. Like they women's evolutionary um, kind of directive is to ha- have offspring and like continue the tribe and in order since like our. our our, our infants are so fucking helpless for so long yeah. built into that is like, you need the tribe to stay strong and together or else, you know, you, you can't, you just like couldn't raise a kid and then and back, back to just like, a, you know, several hundred years ago, you couldn't raise a kid unless your, your village or your tribe or whatever the fuck it was, was strong because it was just impossible to like raise a little baby out in the wilderness by yourself. Cause something was going to eat it. Because they're they're helpless. Like you look at most other species, you know they they have a a baby deer, and then like twenty minutes later, it's like running around like faster than humans can. Not ours. Our, our babies are dumb until they're like in their mid thirties. There are some there are some babies that are just violent from the get go. There are some 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 assassin babies. Are you talking about humans or, or animals? <laughs> no, I was a. I'm making an attempt at a, at a tangent to a different topic, but I'm really poor. Okay. Assassin babies. Did you watch the fight last weekend? Oh, good lord! <laughs> you, that that was such it was a, horrible, right? It was bad. It was bad. That was really bad. That was that was like hokey. Good lord! How could we do that 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 better? Oh, you said speaking of babies, some are born killers, some are born assassins. That was that was an attempt. It wasn't a good attempt, but it was an attempt. Did you watch the fight? It was a good fight. Did you watch the fight last weekend? I did. I watched the whole card. Great. Yeah. The, every every single fight on that main card was intriguing. Yeah. In one way or the other. Yeah, there's a lot of. There was, there there was an an actual legit heavyweight contender who's a good athlete. Like you almost never see that. Guy, that guy Cyril, there, whatever his name is, Cyril Debate. Yeah, Cyril Gunn. Oh no, maybe Cyril Gunn, someone else. But yeah, Cyril something. He's French. Yeah. Um, and then there was like a really intense women's fight. There, there was a, just a crazy uh, sort of. There was a there was a crazy knockout, the likes of which we've never seen in MMA, and that that gets harder and harder to do every time. Um, there was just a complete savant performance where 
a, uh, a, a contender beat one of the best lightweights in history, like definitively. Yeah, um, that shit was crazy. I did not see that happening, and somehow it fucking happened. Um, I, in a, in a three-round fight, I was not surprised to see him win. I didn't think he was going to win that dominantly, and I really didn't think... Okay, wait, we should start using names so people know what the fuck we're right. talking about. We're talking about Charles Dubronx, Oliveira versus Tony Ferguson. Um, just to, to give background on those two, for, for people who don't know, um, to Tony Ferguson is just like an absolute madman. Like he, he has these crazy training videos where he, he's like walking on his hands down a flight of stairs, balancing like seven books on his feet. Like he's like, if you ever saw like the old martial arts movies where they're, I think they're, I don't know if they're called like Wing Chun mannequins yeah. or something. It's like an old, like he's like punching like a metal or, or wood mannequin with his fist. Like he, he, he's, he's crazy and he's, he's been very, very violent. Uh, he loves, I, I, I think he, he's got like little razor blades in his elbows because he loves slicing people open with his elbows. He didn't use any and of those during the fight. No, I mostly just got fucked up during the fight. Um, and Tony Ferguson was never, like, the, the best athlete. He wasn't, like, the strongest or the fastest. But he always could keep a crazy pace. And he would just mentally break people. He had a lot of fights where he was losing, losing. And then the person just could not hang with, with what he was throwing at them. And he would mentally break. And it was an intriguing fight because the guy he was, he was, he was fighting, uh, Charles... Um, Oliveira is like incredibly talented, um, you know, amazing at jujitsu. You know, he developed into a very good striker. But the knock on him in the past was he would always do something stupid. You know, he would kind of get in his own way. He would mentally break. And he he's had a couple performances recently where people are like, well, maybe he's matured, maybe he's over that. But it, you know, if there was ever a guy to push you past your limits and in, in MMA the announcers always call uh, call it taking the opponent into deep waters meaning you know like if you if you got someone to swim in the ocean maybe when they're close to shore like okay I can keep paddling I can make it back but it's like you take them way 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 out and your legs start to get heavy and your arms start to get, get tired and you can't keep swimming and the waves are crashing over your head and you drown and if there was ever a, someone who might drown uh, a, a guy like Charles Oliveira would be Tony Ferguson, and that did not happen. Yeah, I didn't see that happening. I didn't see I didn't see no. Charles Oliveira dominating Tony the way it did. Um, Dana was critical of Tony Ferguson choosing to take the Gaethje fight on. Uh, I wouldn't say short notice, but when you change, see Tony Ferguson was supposed to fight. Uh, Habib, Habib for like the 15th for like time the 17th time in a row it didn't happen and then they changed his opponent they made him take Gaethje and Gaethje just smashed him um, after the fight Dana was like I don't know why Tony Ferguson took that fight but good for him I don't know that Tony Ferguson I'll tell you this I love Tony Ferguson he's one of my favorites um, I've met him uh, I've met him in person he's a great guy great 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 guy do, do you know any of the Tony Ferguson is the, the type of guy who memes? I've seen a couple. I've seen um, I've seen one today on Facebook where where it wasn't actually Tony Ferguson type of guy, but it was like 
It was, um, you know, the Ninja Turtles. It was Splinter as an adult mm-hmm. with like baby Ninja Turtles to the to the side of them, and mm-hmm. uh, the meme was the baby Ninja Turtles were like um, hardcore or uh, old school MMA fans, and then Tony Ferguson was like the adult Splinter, and then it had another picture where the Splinter was now older and like kind of like on mm-hmm. crutches or on a cane, and the Ninja Turtles were a lot bigger. And then it still had the Ninja Turtles saying like old school MMA fans, and then Tony Ferguson was still Splinter. So it's kind of like, like Tony Ferguson's the type of guy like you just can't put him away. Like he's just there's a, there's certain some well, to him as a fighter. Wait, wait, hold on. Just let me let me see. Keep, keep going. I'm gonna see if I can pull some of these up because they are they're entertaining. It, it's it's kind of like a, a, a knockoff of the Chuck yeah uh, Chuck Norris joke. Chuck Norris got but bit by a rattlesnake, and then uh, the rattlesnake is not poisoned or something like that. Like, yeah, there's there's shit like that about Tony Ferguson because he's just such a durable, crazy motherfucker. Um, here's here's kind of like on on the on a side note for Ferguson. I think I think Ferguson right now has to he has to humble himself. He's got to like he's got to like mentally. He was riding such a long, like, uh, win fight streak before he fought, or before he was supposed to fight Habib for the seventeenth time, that he kind of got like uh, an air of confidence oh. or overconfidence. I think, like, not like a not like a braggadocious, cocky shithead type of uh, overconfidence. I just think Tony Ferguson's lost a little of that, that like humble, hu- that hunger, that hunger that humble people have. If that makes sense. Well, okay. There, there's a, cu- a couple things with that. First, first, man, I found I found a few good ones of the Tony Ferguson. Okay. Um, Tony Ferguson is the type of guy to take a shit in the USADA urine test cup. <laughs> Tony Ferguson is the type of guy to turn his bedroom lights off with a spinning elbow. Yeah, like I really actually could see him doing that too. Uh-huh. Tony Ferguson is the type of guy to pass guard during sex. <laughs> yeah. Tony Ferguson is the type uh, uh, to take performance decreasing drugs because he wants some more. Uh, he wants more of a challenge. Yeah, he's a beast. Right, right. So after he, um, whatever he did to his his knee or whatever he blew out his knee oh. when he tripped over the. Wait, wait, wait. Can, can I add one more? Sure. This is the one that I, I came sure. up with because um, it's it's sort of making fun of him, but it's also a little bit complimentary in a right. way. Uh, Tony Ferguson is the type of guy to masturbate before having sex because no one finishes Tony Ferguson. Oh, shit. Holy shit. Jesus. I don't know what you were doing when you thought of that. That's, that's, wow, graphic. Uh, I was just thinking about, you know, Tony. Uh, and what, he, what he does in his alone time. When but, uh, Tony um, Ferguson blew out his knee, like there was doing some pre, mm-hmm. pre-fight media something or other, and like he basically tripped over some like, some like cables or wires during before the interview, and basically yeah, he was doing he was doing media. It was a dark studio, and uh, he, he just tripped over a sound cord. He was also wearing sunglasses inside, which he tends to wear. Allegedly, he said he wasn't. Well, he tends to wear sunglasses everywhere he goes, so I believe it. He anyway, does. Uh, Not nice sunglasses either. Just like huge, like fucking old ass aviators. Yeah. Uh, uh, so he tripped and fucked up his knee. He had to get surgery done. Like immediately after surgery was like he was good to go. The motherfucker was like kicking metal and shit like that. Like during his his next lead up fight mm-hmm. training. Like he's just he's a fucking savage. He's just a crazy durable. Um, 
But what I think he needs to do is he needs to have like that hunger that humble people have. That I, I think he lost. I think right now he's kind of in his mind. He's like, I'm one of the great ones. Uh, he, he, I think he needs to take like a little, uh, like a notch back of the humble pie. I'm not saying he's not like Ronda Rousey. Like Ronda Rousey was like, fuck everybody. I'm better than everybody. And just like braggadocious, kind of a bitch. Tony's not that level, but it's, it's kind of, the hunger's not there. Yeah. The, it, it could be that, but the other part of it is, as you've spoken, like he's had several surgeries now and he's old. I think he's like 37. Um, and athletically, he, he just, he was never, he was never top of the heap athletically, right? Like he was never the fastest. He was never the strongest. Part of the reason he has to keep um, such a high pace and wear opponents down is because like he just, he just can't hit hard enough to knock somebody out. Like he, I don't think, I don't think he's ever had a KO. I mean, there's might be some TKOs earlier in his career, but uh, like he just, he just was never that type of athlete. But he was still a good enough athlete where he could he could hang with the the elite. And then his his uh, endurance and his toughness and everything could overwhelm people. Dude, when you start getting to the point where you're like, you know, 36, 37, 38 you're just naturally going to start to lose some of that. And we, when you're not that quick and you're not that strong to begin with, and um, you, you, you know, you'll lose a, a step or even, even in Tony Ferguson's case, it could be only half a step. That might mean that you just cannot compete with the top of the pack yeah. anymore. Like t- time is going to, it doesn't matter how good you are unless you're all Romero. Time is going to catch up with, with everybody. And like, it really just could be that. And you're probably right. Like he, he's been at the top of the heap for such a long time. He's been such a good, good contender. So it really might be both of those things. It might be, he, he's lost a little bit of motivation or whatever kind of made him such a savage in the first place. But I, I think undoubtedly he, he is age is just hampering him a little bit. Cause he's just, he's just older. He doesn't look the same physically. Doesn't look, um, as strong, and I could just watching him. I'm like, yeah, you you were a step slower than you used to be, and when you weren't the best athlete to begin with, that can be problematic. The uh, that was the co-main event. The main event was Davison Figueredo against Brandon Moreno uh, for the 125 championship. Oh, oh, just to, for for anyone who didn't see Charles Oliveira just fucked Tony Ferguson up for for, for three rounds. He, he, Charles Oliveira had Tony Ferguson in an armbar yeah. that like ten out of ten people would have oh, tapped yeah. to. Oh yeah. Like we're we're like watching like are we about to see like Tony's like arm like sh- you know his bone shatter yeah. through his flesh like I I've never because it, it was, he had an armbar that everyone would have tapped to and Tony was like no I'm not tapping to that and then he readjusted it to get even more leverage where I was like yo he's go he because usually when you when you um, have an armbar like it's just gonna to hyperextend the yeah. elbow, and I'm pretty sure he did hyperextend Tony's elbow, and he's like, no, I'm not yeah. tapping, and he readjusts him like, yo, he's about to shatter his fucking arm on TV. This is nuts. Matter you got a visitor. My uh, my dad and I were watching that shit live, and we were like, we were both wincing. We were both like, oh, that's yeah. gonna fucking hurt. That's gotta hurt, and uh, and it's bad. That's just ten out of ten people would have tapped. And Tony Ferguson didn't. And I mean, Oliver just fucked him up for the rest of the, the, the fight. But one of the things to me that was the most impressive 
was Oliveira was extremely patient and actually had a really good control grappling performance, uh-huh. which I've never seen from him yeah. before. Like, one, he's always, I mean, I think he might have the most submissions in UFC history at this point or close to it. But one of one of his problems when he was younger, would he, he would be so submission hungry when he felt like he was close. He would chase it and get himself into trouble. I don't know if you remember, uh, it must have been two, three years ago, he fought Anthony Pettis and was like fucking Anthony Pettis up. And then was so overeager to get a submission, he got he got himself guillotined. I think it was like Anthony Pettis ended up submitting mm-hmm. him, and and that's always been the knock on Oliveira. And it's like just a very very uh, mature kind of controlled performance, and just fuck Tony Ferguson. Yeah, it was good for good, three rounds. It was still a good fight to watch. It was sad to see Ferguson get like you know it, it, Oliveira was a wet blanket for sure. Like he he did that. He did some damage. He did. Uh, some crazy submission um, attempts that just, it, it was a good fight. However, the fight that fucking just blew my mind to how good a fight was that flyweight championship fight. That fight, Brandon Moreno, Davis and Figueroa, that shit was like anyone, they're already saying fight of the year. Like, they, I mean, I know it's the years. No. Yeah, well, yeah. Bro, 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 flyweights are boring. What? They're boring, bro. Like, how, how am I going to watch anyone who's like that small? I could fucking just knock any one of those little flyweights out. They're tiny. They only weigh twenty five pounds. Say that. Flyweights are boring, bro. No, that fight was. They don't have. They don't it have power. It wasn't boring, bro. It wasn't boring. They can't. They can't hit. They can't no, even no, get no, knockouts, no. bro. They're they're it, little. I, I was I was on my feet. They had that one guy, mighty mighty man or mighty mighty, man. mighty midget. Man. <laughs> He's boring, bro. How come flyweights don't sell pay per views? No one wants I, to watch I, that shit, I man. I said when when Davison Figueredo was was made that bro cancel the whole division. The flyweights, no one wants to see him. They can't sell pay per views. Cancel the whole flyweight division, when, bro. Uh, they suck. When Figueredo was made championship champion, I knew right away that 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 he had a little like potential to make that flyweight division better in the sense that like he was okay. He's finally there's this, this killer this. Knockout artist is finisher. It's the, the the champion for the the flyweight division, but bro, bro, what do you mean knockout artist? Can are you saying does he knock people yeah, out? He knocks a lot of people out. He's got a ton of how he's he's only one hundred twenty five no, pounds. No. How does he knock but, people so out? So anyway, Brendan Moreno has this fucking gnarly durability, this wicked chin. It made for a fucking good fight. Moreno actually stuck it to Figueredo. There's a couple times where Figueredo was in trouble too. Bro, I don't know who this Moreno is. Do you mean Mexican McLovin? Oh, no, yes. Mexican McLovin, a.k.a. the assassin baby. Um, it was a good fight. It was very exciting. I, uh, I I bet on Moreno to win. Turned out the fight was a draw, which I agree, because they did end up taking a point away from Figueredo um, for kicking him in the nuts and then uh, later poking him in the eye, I think, or something like that, vice versa. So so first, I was trying to give you uh, a chance to sort of refute all that. What everything I was saying are real things I've yeah. heard MMA. Well, not heard. I've read uh, MMA, MMA fans write ca- in comment casuals. sections, M- and and heard Dana White, the president of the fucking organization. A lot of say. casuals have said that flyweight division suck, and and it was because. Mighty Mice was so dominant, and he didn't have this flashiness to make him a marketable like champion. That for the most part, like that that division what, looked. Did, what do you mean he didn't have flat? He he made he it, suplexed okay, he made a guy look, and listen, then armbarred him in mid air. Okay, he made it look. 
in okay. mid. I understand. What I'm saying is for air. the casuals, mighty in mid air. Mighty Mouse is so dominant that he made the the division appear to be unmarketable. I can't. It couldn't. They could. The UFC couldn't make money because my poor Mighty Mouse didn't have this whatever shithead flashy persona that like Conor McGregor uh, has. So that that division seemed. Again, to the casuals, it seemed like there was nothing to it. There's one guy at the top and everybody else sucks. The flyweights, like you said, so, everything you were saying about the bro, the flyweights can't knock people out, blah, 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 blah. Those are what the casuals were saying. Um, I didn't believe it. So, so, so first, though, th- that whole, like, you can't market them, I feel like that was a self-fulfilling prophecy by the UFC. Because right. they're like, well, you, you can't market them. Because they won't make money, so then they never tried to yeah. market him, and then they were like, "See, he didn't sell any pay per views." It's like, well, but yeah, you, if you didn't market him, so he didn't sell, sell any pay per views, right. which makes you say we can't market him. It's like, guys, come on. Yeah. Uh, so what I what I was saying was that when Figueredo won that championship with all those knockouts and everything he's had, the way that he's, he's finishing dudes, he had this little bit of like kind of like he had a little bit of like a villain. Not, I'm not saying villain like a bad guy, like Darth Vader villain, but he had like a little bit of this kind of like this this thing where like okay, there's there's something they had something with Mighty Mouse for sure, but with Figueredo has like had a different angle, like oh finally this villain that can knock people out because put people away. There's enough of an opening for the UFC to like push marketing wise push this guy, and they've done a okay job of it. They sh- they should be doing a better job of marketing him. Um, Anyway, flyweight division looks good. That fight looked amazing. They're already saying that they're gonna do, or you know, they they non-verbally agreed to a rematch. Um, mm-hmm. it, it looked good. I would want to see it again. It was a good fight for anyone that hasn't seen it. Watch that fight. It was it was good fight from the beginning to end. I I th- I thought that Figueroa probably won four out of five rounds, and. Uh, Moreno definitely took the fourth, and I, I think I think the third round Figueredo won, and then it should have been a nine nine. But that was that was a competitive enough fight where I was like, yeah, a draw was fine. Yeah. The, the the one thing I really do hope that people figure out that like flyweight is an incredible. I mean, it seems like they somehow now have figured out that bantamweight is a great division. But usually in the if you were gonna do like a real like non biased non marketing pound for pound ranking, a lot of times it would pretty much be just in the order of the weight classes. Like the the number one person on the pound for pound would be flyweight, and number two would be bantamweight, and three would be featherweight, so forth and so on. And it would just be there'd be some variations based on some some, some sort of above and beyond champions. Like I think I think Khabib. Would you know would have been higher? Like he would have kind of broken that mold, but yeah, usually like for the most part, like if you're gonna do a pound for pound ranking of the of the the champions, just of the champions, the heavyweight would always be last. Light heavyweight would always be next to last, and then um, yeah, there might be some some variation depending on like again some some champions just being uh, a little bit better. But it's like yeah, motherfuckers like. Fly- Flyweight is going to be one of the best, if not the best division, because it's, yes, it's, they're not, they don't weigh 125 pounds. Like those guys weigh in the 150s usually, mm-hmm. 
Um, but it's it's smaller guys, and you're getting like top tier athletes because they're not big enough to play pro sports. Like even um, you know even like the Brazilians, like uh, a guy who's only 150 pounds and you know five foot seven is going to be a little bit small to play pro soccer, right? right? But here's here's an outlet where you could could get like the best of the best athletically starting in martial arts at a young age because he's like tiny and he's getting picked on and he's he's a top tier like elite athlete for that size and he's been studying martial arts all his life and he's going to now fight another guy like that you just don't see that in higher weight classes because like if you were john jones and actually good enough to play in the nfl you would just be one of john jones's brothers which is what they did but he was again. I always come back to this. He he was the runt of the family. He was the worst athlete, and he was like he wasn't actually good enough to play football. And he's like, "Well, I'm going to go do this other stuff." For sure. Uh, so in conclusion, uh, Brandon Moreno and Davison Figueroa are better than John Jones. Uh huh. Pound, pound, pound for pound. Pound for pound for sure. Uh. No, I meant like the two of them. Like that's the actual paper. Oh, you want to see them see. too? I want to see Brandon Moreno and Davison Figueredo fight John Jones. I would put money on that, and I would put money on like on the flyweights winning. Yeah, I would. They're better than John Jones. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying. That's really what I was getting down to. Is this? I was trying to pitch this this matchup. Bellator would do it. Bellator likes to put on free fights. They might do a two on one. Um, this. <sighs> Not anymore. But this uh, this weekend, another good fun card. You got the Wonder yeah. Boy fighting Jeff Neal as a main fight. That's gonna be a cool one to watch. I like Jeff Neal. I think he's a sleeper. I think I think this guy's been waiting in the wings, and he's just gonna. Well, you never know. That's that's what makes fights fun. Is you never know who's actually win. Another one where I think it's gonna. He he, he uh, he's gonna be winning, and then Danny Larusso, aka. Stephen Thompson is going to crane Probably. kick him. It's yeah. going to be over. Some weird fucking off-angle crane punch kick combination. Uh, Jose Aldo against Marlon Chito Vera. I love Marlon Vera in that fight. I think we've seen the best of Jose. He's looked okay-ish. He's hanging around. But I think Marlon Vera, it's a fight for him to win. It's a fight for him to like slay the dragon, so to speak. Or a declining dragon, should you say. Um I mean, the weird part is, is Jose Aldo's not even, like, that old. He's just been fighting since he was, like, yeah. nine years old in the UFC. Um, and it's weird because he, he – apparently that whole time he didn't have, like, nutrition or even that much of a strength and conditioning program. Um, so he, he used to really struggle to make 145 pounds. And now he's found somewhat of a resurgence at 135 – I think there's a good chance that he's just still too good, um, and 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 a three round fight is gonna be able to beat you think Chito so? Vera, ah. but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I so so if you remember, even uh, against Peter Yan, like he did very well in the first two rounds against uh -huh. Peter Yan, and then started to slow down in the third, and then just got f fucked up at the end yeah. of the fight. But like. He looked great in the beginning of that fight, and he's always had a problem with gassing. Um, but he's he but he wasn't going as a, uh, against as good athletes as, as he is in the lower divisions. And yeah, he's definitely slowed down a little bit. He's a little bit older. I think that still might be a little bit too much for 
uh, for Cheeto Vera, but it's going to be a fun fight for sure. I don't know. I like Cheeto in that fight. I have I would I would put I think I have put money on that I forget I forget my bets but I think I put money on Marlon Vera. Uh, okay. Uh, That's not wrong. Yeah, a couple other good fights in that that whole card is actually there's supposed to be like twenty fights and I'm I'm exaggerating but there's supposed to be a shitload of fights this weekend on the same card. I don't know if it's because it's the last fight card of the year. I'm I might be making that up. There might be. It is. It's it's the last fight card of the year, and also a bunch of fights kept getting like pushed back, um, like just because, because there have been so many COVID cancellations. Yeah. So there there were there were cards where like they're supposed to have you know uh, x you know nineteen fights, and then they got chopped down to you know sixteen or seventeen, and they kind of kept pushing it back. So like like Kevin Holland versus. Jacques Souza, which that that was the crazy oh, knockout. Kevin wild. Holland fucking KO was like on his back, like did like a half break dancing move from his back, so he could torque his whole body around from the ground and and actually like rock Jacques Souza with a punch. That fight wasn't that was supposed to be on a card or two cards earlier. So so you've gotten things kind of backloaded a little bit because of of COVID cancellations. So I think that's part of the reason why this card. Uh, you know, is, is as good as it is. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to, to that fight this Saturday. Um, it should be fun. It should be awesome to watch my, my, my lightning, my chargers play tonight. Uh, <laughs> they just won on Sunday by field goal toward like in the last, whatever, 10 seconds of the, of the, of the game. I forget how, how little time there was left, but finally we pulled one off. At, with the leg of our kicker of all things like I would not have put my faith in that kicker but hey we did it and we won and tonight we play against our division rival the Raiders there is no complication there is no implication excuse me uh title uh of uh of a playoff run for us we're we're eliminated I think the Raiders are too I'm pretty sure they are so it's more like a uh divisional pride um obviously we were we're we want the the Raiders to lose because they suck, and we're the Chargers, and we're awesome, and we we have lightning bolts in our in our uniforms, and uh, yeah, we should have fired our coach like fucking eighteen games ago. Our coach is still like 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 hanging around, hanging around, hanging around. I think the owners are idiots. They're dumb. They don't know what the fuck they're doing with the team. I think they have their hand. They're just they have their hands involved in too much in the organization, and they just. They just need to stop. They need to sell the team to someone new, someone that's gonna just kind of your owners let the coaches and the management do their thing. That being said, our 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 coaches are are dumb. Anthony Linza, an idiot, does not know how to manage a game at all. Um, I mean the the like the the general management of the Chargers is like incredible. Though, Tom right? Telesco. I I don't know. I mean they they still have Drew Brees, right? Like they, that was such <laughs> no. a. He nope. was, I mean, like he was, he was like a, like a, a one of the all time no. great quarterbacks, and like they pulled him out of what was it, like the third round or something? Know, maybe sure. Um, so, so and it was like that was such a huge steal. I mean, like in in terms of um, amazing pickups in the draft, it would be like like Tom Brady in the sixth or seventh round was probably yeah. one, and then. Two has to be Drew Brees. Like he, he is one of the all-time great quarterbacks. So like he, he's still there, no. right? Yeah. <laughs> Why? 
Wait, what do you mean? You really? You he he's still he's in the in NFL. NFL. No, he's actually he's hurt right. right now. He's not playing. He's he's in the Saints, but he's not playing. Oh, oh, is that, that's why that's why he's not playing for the no, Chargers. No, he's not because he got oh hurt. Oh my god! Let me give you a little bit of history for 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 those uh-huh. of you uneducated Chargers fans. We had yeah. Drew, we had Please we had explain. Drew Brees. A few years later, we drafted Philip Rivers because. What? Why would you? Draft. So Drew Brees was really unhappy, and he's like, "Fuck San Diego! No. I hate the Chargers. I'm leaving one way or the other." So that was why they drafted a different, uh, another Let franchise me tell quarterback. You what was happening? Was Drew Brees uh-huh. was having issues with his shoulder, with one of his, with his throwing arm, I believe. I think he was throwing his shoulder, throwing arm. Something was wrong with his, right. and it was really affecting his play. So Chargers yeah. drafted Philip. Drafted Philip Rivers. You're like, you got a quarterback with no arm. They drafted Philip Rivers. Yeah. The problem was, uh, eventually. Got it. Because, well, because if you remember with the the Green Bay Packers, there were those like two seasons where Aaron Rodgers was having a bunch of injury yeah. problems, and the Packers were like, "Fuck this guy! Like, we got to get rid of him! Like, let's get another franchise quarterback." And then they brought in someone else, and they just they just shipped uh, Aaron Rodgers off to where was it? Where did they send? Okay, yeah, Aaron I, Rodgers. I, get, I can't I get remember. The joke. I get the joke. I get what. What? So Which, did that the, didn't, that the didn't Chargers happen? organization had a decision to make: should we keep this Philip Rivers guy, this young Philip Rivers guy, or let go of our veteran, our quote unquote veteran? He'd only been with the Chargers for a few seasons at that point. It's like two yeah. years. So it was, it was whatever. Hindsight being what it is, who knows what would have happened? I love that we stuck with Philip Rivers, good guy, family man, Christian guy. Shit talk. I heard he's kind of an I asshole. I like that he's an asshole. I like that he's got some fire behind him. Oh. That makes sense. I mean, because it really, it sounds like he can really like unify a locker room and like he and bring and really bring the team together. Because um, and he had he had one of like the like I think one of the best, if not top three, uh, running backs of yeah. all time. He had like amazing receivers. He had Antonio so, Gates and and he that all Gates. Exactly. Yeah. Tony, probably the best receiving tight end yeah. of all time. Maybe, maybe, nah, maybe Grant Cox, he's better, but like he's, you know, they're in the conversation. And with that, like great leadership and his, his uh, abilities There's and everything, only, like, what, well, I can't remember, I'll, what didn't, it, didn't that lead to, wasn't it like two or three years in a row the Chargers won the Super Bowl under Philip You're being Rivers? very, very facetious right now, and I don't like it. I don't appreciate it. Let me tell you what. Let me. Let me. Let me. What? Let me, I just. I don't know me, the football that well. I'm just me, asking questions. Why are you getting so defensive? Let me give you a comparison. Okay. A current comparison. Uh-huh. Justin uh-huh. Herbert, who we just drafted this season, our first round draft pick. Uh-huh. I think he went like fifth or sixth overall. Right. Yes. Our organization. Let's put it more frankly. Our coach, our head coach, Anthony Lynn. We had picked up Tyrod Taylor like a year or two ago. Our our head coach was so in love with Tyrod Taylor. Even after we made our first round draft pick of a good quarterback, after a week or two, he was like, "No, no, no! Tyrod Taylor is still our quarterback. Tyrod Taylor is still our quarterback. Tyrod Taylor is still our quarterback." Tyrod did not have that impressive of a start. Finally, they started playing Herbert, and by all by all stats. Justin Herbert has like broken so many records. I think he's like the like um he might be only like two or three touchdowns away from a single season rookie quarterback touchdown record. Um 
up there are names like fucking uh what's the guy from the Chiefs fucking I I'm brain farting right now. I'm getting kind of tired. Um Patrick yeah, Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. There's a couple other really good elite quarterbacks on that list. And Herbert is currently fourth on that list of rookie rookie touchdown records. Okay. There's a lot of records, a lot of cool statistics behind Justin Herbert's performance. Um, Stats-wise, our offense looks okay. Our defense looks like it needs a lot of help. But the problem is the <laughs> organization. The problem is not the, the players. It's never been players. It's never been... We've always the, the Chargers organization has always had talented people. It's just that we're being run by a bunch of idiots. Whether it's our general management or our ownership making shitty decisions, um, and not and not like not being smart, just being too impulsive, too um, short-sighted. You know. Anyway, we're playing the Raiders tonight. I hope we win. I I was I was laughing because I I I did go Google like is Philip Rivers an asshole. <laughs> um, and this this Bleacher Report article popped up of it was fifty biggest jerks in NFL history. So like Philip Rivers was on the list, but I'm scrolling through it and it's all like, uh, you know, um, Dunta Dun- Rob, you know, tw- twenty of fifty. Dunta Robinson. Dunta may be a nice guy and all, but I don't know. I do know that he's clueless and does not understand the new rules laid down by Roger Goodell. Uh, 22 out of 50. Buddy Ryan. Buddy Ryan is the defensive mastermind, but he did have an anger problem. You know, back in 1993, he was defensive coordinator of the Houston Oilers, and he got into a sideline con- uh, confrontation with the team's offensive coordinator. This is where I started laughing because I knew who this was. <laughs> 23. This is This is the biggest jerks in NFL history. 23 out of 50, Ray Carruth. (laughs) What the fuck? Ray Ray Carruth was well on track to being one of the better wide receivers in the NFL until he ran into the law in 1999. Ray Carruth was sentenced to 18 to 24 years in prison after he was involved in a shooting that resulted in the death of his pregnant girlfriend, Cherica Adams. Thankfully, the doctors were able to save the unborn child. I'm like, dude... It's maybe it's not something to laugh at, but I'm like I'm like, dude, this guy doesn't understand the rules. This guy has a hot temper. Ray Carruth is a murderer and went away for jail for 20 years. Like, yeah, yeah. What what sort of like meth was was the author of this article on when he wrote that? That is not the same. I'm sorry. I, you don't you don't put, you don't put, you don't put a, a just a legit murderer in. A list of the 50 biggest jerks in NFL history. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, they might need to uh, look at that list a little closer and put and and reset their priorities. The killer thing should have been the first thing that they mentioned, and then the the football stuff would have been anyway. I, I also think it's crazy that he was only in the middle of the list. <laughs> like he he wasn't. Let me see who they think the biggest jerk was. Uh, I mean, it's because oh Philip River Philip Rivers by the way was 49 out oh, of 50. Shit. So he's on there. He made the list. Good for him. Richard Richard Seymour was the one that they really didn't like. What the fuck? It's like, did he murder someone? No. Well, guess what? He's not as bad as Rick Ruth then. I'm sorry. Jesus. Fuck it. Who? Who? who is this? All, is this the level? Is this all you need to write for as uh, to be a writer for the Bleacher Report? Like, goddamn. Like maybe, maybe I need to make a, a career change. I could I could write absolutely moronic lists. I could do it. Tony. Santorsa. I don't know who that is. And I I don't know. You know what? There's a reason why. Anyhow, I think I think we've come full circle. 
on uh, that didn't really make any sense, but it sounded like the right <laughs> thing to say on this episode of the Degenerates Clubhouse. Um, do you, Do you have any closing thoughts, final words of wisdom? Um, my my cousin woke me up this morning. I say woke up. I was already like eight o'clock in the morning. My cousin woke me up this morning. He texted me. He's like, "Hey man, give me a call." Apparently, he's been feeling like shit. He thinks he's got COVID. He's gonna get tested, but he's been feeling like like shit. Um, I know James Marshall and his wife have COVID. He texted me this morning as well. He's like, "Dude, we can't. We were supposed to get together for Christmas or like a like a friend's Christmas deal on Saturday." He's like, no, we can't have people over. I think Emily and I have COVID. So this COVID shit, it's like, it it sounds like it's gonna be a seasonal thing. It sounds like it's more. There's been more and more cases of it being reported lately. More people are dying of it, or complications of it. So, so okay, I wasn't gonna get into COVID stuff, but can, can I just just give some quick sure, information sure. for anyone? Probably probably should have said this at the top because it's, it's helpful. Um, so if you remember, we talked about last time, like all. Um, all the other COVID strains are seasonal. This one just seems super hardy where it, it still could stick around and, and it was still being transmitted during the summer. Um, but on top of that, there, there are just many, many people who were traveling, who were in large gatherings yeah. and everything you know, for the holidays and Thanksgiving. And uh, the, the way COVID works is it's usually not until two plus weeks afterwards that you're going to actually see the spike. So a lot of what we're seeing now are the results of everything that happened during right. Thanksgiving. Um, and w- with that, like the, the num- you know, the numbers of cases are, are way higher than they've ever been. And what has always been my biggest concern w- was our, capacity uh to, as, you know for our medical system to, to handle that because we're not we don't have the uh, people are like yeah the death rate's not that bad that's fine the reason the death rate's not that bad is because people can get treated but there are a lot of a lot of people who have to be hospitalized so particularly for all you guys in los angeles um let me let me just see where if there's any update but like i i, I was checking into that like the the icu capacity in, in los angeles this past week was like basically stretched to the limit like yeah. they didn't um they ba- they barely had any more it was, there's something like there's like 35 ICU beds left in, in LA which is crazy for how big of a, a city that that is um so long story short just like be smart and be safe it's it's not something to to fuck around with um because again the real the real fear isn't just COVID, like, yeah, like James and his wife, I'm sure will be fine. I, I, ho- I hope, you know, best uh, best wishes and, and everything to them for a speedy recovery. But, oh, good Lord. Intensive care bed capacity at Southern California hospitals tumbles to 0.5%. Wow, awesome. <laughs> so, it, and the problem with that is that's, that's, that's not like some special COVID wing that's all yeah. ICU beds, yeah. period. So, like, if someone has a heart attack, if they get in a car accident, if it's L.A., so let's let's say maybe there's a stabbing or multiple stabbing, <laughs> or or <laughs> I I don't you know I'm just I'm just just saying it's like that those people aren't going to be able to get into the ICU and and uh, the the other big problem is with with. Um, a, a, an epidemic like COVID is 
right when the demand is spiking the highest, these healthcare professionals, you know, doctors, nurses, everything like that, they're they're absolutely worn thin. They're t- working really long hours, and a lot of them are also contracting COVID. So, like the 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 uh, number of doctors and healthcare professionals is dropping right as the the thing is is the uh, epidemic is spiking and there's there's more cases. So it's it's a very tricky tricky dynamic. Uh, all that being said, um, there is a lot of optimism. We talked about vaccines. The uh, healthcare professionals around the country got their first dose of the vaccine. Um, you know, just just earlier this week, like you know, a lot of them are still getting it. And then in three weeks, they'll be able to get their second dose of the vaccine. And then two weeks after that, they should have some level of immunity where they're going to be, at the very least, they'll be insulated where if they do contract COVID, it should be like a very mild case and they're not going to be as beat up and they can go about business as usual. But it's like, man, this could be a rough, rough yeah. start of the new year if people basically do the same thing that they're doing through Thanksgiving, yeah, through the holidays. Do, do as, and, uh, do as Armando does during quarantine. Don't do as Armando's mom does during quarantine. Like, stay isolated, you fucks. Don't go out. Don't party. Don't do any of that shit. Wear a mask if you have to go in public. Don't expose your family and friends of the shit just because you want to go have a drink with them. Fucking stay home. Suck it. Oh, let, let, let's be... This is actually, like, practical, helpful. Maybe I, maybe I should have led this. Now that we framed this whole thing... Um, I would recommend uh, checking out a com- company called Breathe Ninety Nine. Um, they they developed a, a mask specifically for COVID, and the the way I found them was um, M- MIT. Like this is months and months ago, kind of towards the start of the p- pandemic. MIT, who is like one of the re- leading research and. and uh, uh, engineering schools in the country and really in the world, they developed a mask specifically for for COVID. It was supposed to be like a reusable mask with with silicone where you could clean it. You'd have to just change the filters. And I was like, wow, why aren't these things in mass production? So like every healthcare, at least every healthcare professional could have one and a bunch of filters. And it would be great if you know like the general population would have one too because that those masks were actually effective to prevent you from catching COVID. Most of the masks that people have are only, yeah, they're exactly, they're only good to keep you from giving it to somebody else, which is why when people are like, I don't want to wear a mask because my freedom, it's like, dude, it's not, it's not about you. It's to keep you from giving it to other people. So if you want to be an asshole and go out and bars and live your life, that's, that's fine. Like you do you, if then you're not affecting other people with that, that's okay. But it's like, you don't, you can't have it both ways. Anyhow, long story short, um, I, I had a bunch of N95s at the start of it. My supply was running down. So I was like, let me see if someone, somebody out there has made a mask similar to the one that MIT designed. I found this comf- company, Breathe 99, where it was really was pretty close. And it's actually, uh, at least according to the company, it, it's got a higher filtration level than an N95. It's actually like N98, meaning it's filtering out more particles, I guess microns than than uh, an N95. Um, so I got three of them for for the family, and uh, I think they still have stock. If you're like, yo, this could be a, a dark fucking uh, January, or or you're just a doomsday prepper <laughs> and you want you want your 
your your canned beans and your water and your now, your uh, reserves of now COVID sponsored. Masks. Go, now go sponsored check them out by Breathe ninety nine. Go to breathe ninety nine dot com and use a promo code Degenerates Clubhouse for zero percent off your first order. Plus, plus you got to pay yes. for your shipping and handling. But but if you tell them that Aaron sent you, they'll be like, "Who is Aaron?" And you'll be like, "You know, Aaron." And they'll be like, "No, we don't." Can I get a discount? And they'll be like, no. But you can get this regular discount everyone else can get. And remember, that regular discount that everyone else can get is for me, guys. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, uh, enjoy your weekend, guys. Stay safe. Uh, don't go coughing on anybody. Peace out. Until next week. Bye-bye. If you're going to hook up with a random girl you met at a bar, wear a condom and a mask. Hey everyone, Mondo here. I just want to take the time to say on behalf of myself and Aaron that we appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to our podcast. We know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to choose from, but you took some time out of your day to listen to us ramble on. Please share our podcast, like and subscribe, follow us on all our social media platforms and all that jazz. Whether you love us, hate us, agree with our opinions or disagree, we still love you. 